What's up listeners I am back with a new episode of Are you familiar with this podcast with Kush Pat yeah that's me and thank you for tuning in and this would be a very informative and fun episode as we were going to dive into very controversial and very trendy topic any guesses yeah that's cryptocurrencies and blockchain For this episode I have with me Nicholas Protein from Lord.1 a spec member and spokesperson for Lord Project. Welcome Nick, how are you doing? I'm doing so great. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So before we explore further, listeners, just go to the Lord.1 website for this project. It's so elegant and easy to navigate the website and explained every offering in detail so do check out that that's www.lord.one so nick tell our listeners more about you and where are you from and where are you recording from now yeah for sure so i live in the west coast of british columbia canada uh it's a, a beautiful region of the world uh i mean everybody knows vancouver but where i live is actually known for uh beautiful wineries lots of uh sunny warm weather and um uh it's actually a little bit of our own little silicon valley so there are 500 tech startups in this small little town city of 200,000 people um so it's it's a pretty close knit community i've lived here for a better part of a decade now um and yeah my role within within the load project is uh a coo role so chief operating officer so it's really my mission to to uh make sure that the, all the different departments and all the different areas of the business are all pulling together towards the same goal um and what i was doing uh prior to 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 load uh was i was i was still working in the blockchain space but i was all doing a lot of consulting for businesses and e-commerce uh i was working in cybersecurity Um so I was still working very much in the tech space even prior to working in blockchain but I've worked in blockchain since uh you know roughly around the the 2016 2017 time area um which is when one of the companies I was consulting came to me and they said I'd like to start accepting cryptocurrencies and I said what is a <laughs> cryptocurrency cuz I think at that time you know bitcoin hadn't quite exploded yet but I also think that's how most people come into contact with crypto um but it's it's such a fascinating and exciting industry right now that I think is is changing the way that we people engage with with money and the way businesses engage with money and that's largely um what we do at load we produced uh stabilized currencies that are backed by gold and silver so um some of you may remember a time when the when the uh, united states dollar and a lot of the world's currencies were actually using gold and silver uh and during these periods money was actually a lot better um because you were protected from inflation um to an extent of course it wasn't 100% bullet but mm. um with this blockchain technology we're able to put gold backed currencies into and silver backed currencies back into circulation for people to use and send and spend as a better form of money than the 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 Canadian dollar or the US dollar or um whatever dollar they may have at this period of time and uh what we've been doing for the past 4 years is building the tools 
to make this money easy to use, easy to send, easy to spend, you know, whether you want to hold your Bitcoin, you want to hold some gold or silver, or whether you, um, you, uh, you know, want to, uh, hold traditional currencies in your wallet as well. So it's an all in one type of solution. Um, but back over to you. Yes, absolutely. A fascinating, uh, technology and it, it has changed the, you know, meaning of, uh, money and monetary system overall. So yes, totally agreed with you. Yeah. So before exploring load, why don't we refresh our audience with what's the blockchain and, you know, smart contracts and about cryptos in very layman term as, as few listeners would be still unfamiliar with it. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, blockchain can often seem very intimidating, a little scary almost, especially if you're not somebody with a tech background. Uh, And even for me, having worked in cybersecurity and in the tech industry, it took me a while to wrap my head around how a blockchain worked, but I will do my best. I'll use lots of metaphors. Um, So right now, uh, it's important to distinguish the difference between blockchain and a cryptocurrency. So we'll start at the very beginning. a blockchain essentially is a ledger that is held on a network of computers that, right? And um, this this ledger uh, is able to to transfer values back and forth. Now, this becomes valuable because in traditional systems, payment systems, what actually is taking place when you use a credit card or a debit card, or you're conducting a business with digital money, uh, what's really taking place here is that um, one bank is speaking to another bank and they're, they're doing what's called, they're, they're acting as what's called a trusted party, right? To say, yes, we approve this transaction and the money will be sent to this other per- person's bank account, right? That's what happens when you go to a grocery store and you pay through a digital means like a debit or a credit card. Um, what uh, cryptocurrency says is that, and what blockchains allow for is to take out the bank as this middleman and say, no, you can depend on this technology to validate and confirm that this transaction is taking place. You don't need to depend on an institution of people to verify this transaction and approve this transaction because you can have trust in this technology, Right. Uh, and they use what's called a consensus algorithm, which is basically a fancy way of saying a network of computers uh, are, are reaching an agreement uh, on, on these transactions. Now, when transactions are completed, they are stored in, in blocks. And blocks are almost like uh, Lego, if you're familiar with, with the product Lego, right? You can stack and you mm-hmm. can build them yeah. with it, build on it. And it's like a Lego structure that you can't take apart. They just stack one on top of each other, right? And it only goes up and you can't remove or take apart or reassemble uh, once once that block is put into place. And this is why you often hear with blockchain the phrase immutable. Yes. Because once once it is processed, it's set in stone. You can't Um, change. Yeah, it can't change. Right. And so that in a in a very, very small nutshell is is what a blockchain does. Smart contracts allow us to build on that 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 transact that send receive type function it allows for a- advanced capabilities um you know so for example if if a certain criteria is met then do this right it's not just a simple send and receive we're now adding additional layers into it so um smart contracts um are not available to all blockchains um but 
um, they do allow for advanced uh, sort of behaviors with with the with the currency or with the technology. Um, so that's what a, that's what a blockchain is. That's a very rough, uh, very basic uh, description of it. And what cryptocurrencies are are financial tools. Those are uh, financial assets that are built using this blockchain technology. Um, so most. I, I can break down the cryptocurrencies that exist in the market today to kind of into three ca- categories. Uh, you have your um, your really speculative assets, and this would be your Bitcoins and uh, a lot of the smaller uh, altcoins out there um, where they are essentially being traded like stocks, right? Or they are being held onto because people are speculating on them because they think the price is going to go up. And that's fine, right? Those are Those are very similar to um, to stocks, bonds, ETFs, and so on. Um, but then you have a second class, which is the Ethereum's, the EOS's, the Trons of the world, the platform um, type cryptocurrencies. And these are almost essentially like operating systems. Um, these blockchains allow people and projects to put their businesses, their ideas, and create their own cryptocurrencies using the infrastructure that the blockchain network provides, Ethereum being the biggest and most widely accepted among them. So a good metaphor is they're almost like an operating system for your computer, like a Windows or a Mac, right, has iOS uh, operating system or a Windows operating system. In that sense, Ethereum is almost providing a similar service for companies, businesses, and individuals that want to tokenize projects or things and put them onto blockchains. Then there is a third type of cryptocurrency. And these are cryptocurrencies that are backed by something tangible, something real, something um, something that you can touch in most circumstances, although it's not always the case. Um these are commonly known as stable coins, right? And these um, currencies are your your USDCs, your USDTs, the you know uh, government backed. Uh, you know they represent either dollars or they can also represent the kind of commodities that we that we sell at load, right? We have a gold backed currency where every single one of our of our coins represents a gram of vaulted, audited, and insured gold. And similarly, we have one for silver, or sorry, a milligram of gold uh, for our gold currency. And then our silver is a gram uh, of silver per per uh, silver-backed uh, coin that we produce, right? So these are stable coin assets. And the what they serve, the role they serve is right in the name, right? They're stable. So you have Bitcoin, right? And Bitcoin goes up, Bitcoin goes down. You know, one, one day it's worth $60,000, the next day it's worth $40,000, as a business owner or as an entrepreneur, it can be very difficult to price your products and services with an asset like Bitcoin because of these big wild price swings, right? Um, stable currencies are designed for businesses, for trading commerce and for wealth preservation so that people can have confidence with that when they, when they go and they spend $3 that, you know, they, ultimately it will still be worth $3 at the end of the day right? Not that it might be worth two or it might be worth 10, right? So they can have that stability there. Um, So those are the three kinds of cryptocurrencies in the market. So I'll put it back over to you now. I did just dump a ton of information (laughs) on you, but hopefully I made it a little digestible. Yes, absolutely. In a very plain and lemon manner. So, so Nick, I I didn't want to uh, discuss about uh, Dogecoin, but, you know, I couldn't resist. So please uh, spotlight on that. Uh, 
<laughs> I don't know. Okay. Um, Do Dogecoin is a really interesting is a really interesting blockchain out there. Um, for those who don't know, it was made as a joke. It was always supposed to be a meme. You know, um, I'm sure many of you have seen the Do the Doge memes out there. I love the Doge memes. I I love memes in general. Um, but it was a joke. Um, and even the founder and the creator of it uh, very much agreed that, that that was the purpose of it. It has an infinite supply. It always puts new coins and, and, and tokens into circulation. Um, but now what has happened because um, big influencers like Elon Musk, uh, like Mark Cuban now, um, and have have put so much money and put so much effort into marketing this is now it stands as something that has become almost legitimate in terms of uh, a, a token that you could use for payments. Um, that being said, anybody that is new to cryptocurrency, I would not recommend starting with Dogecoin, right? Yes. Uh, because yeah. the currency supply is infinite, uh, if you buy in at the wrong time, um, you could get severely burned. Right. Um, yeah. And it, it's, it's one of those assets that I would say is really, really speculative. You know, if you are somebody who perhaps day trades stocks already, or you're, you have comfort around how to invest properly, you know, sure. Maybe, maybe try your hand at Dogecoin. I don't want to say that it's, it's wrong or bad for anybody to invest in it, but I would highly recommend that you, um, that you understand what you are doing before you invest in those. So that, that's kind of my take on, on Dogecoin right now. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. So listeners, I hope you got a gist about this decentralized revolutionary technology. And now let's explore load and what types of problem is it solving? Very excited to hear that. So go ahead, Nick. Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned before, um, load produces stable coins, right? The stable currencies that are backed by gold and silver. And there's a, there's a really good logic for this, right? Most of the world's uh, major empires and throughout most of history, uh, almost universally, uh, we have used gold and silver as money, right? Uh, it has it has a great track record even today as what's called a store of value, right? So uh, that means in times of financial crisis, you know, the stock market crashes, sky is falling, whatever, people tend to go to uh, silver and gold because they tend to uh, either preserve their wealth or, or grow in value. Right. And so that kind of stability, um, protects people from inflation, right. Which is, you know, the rising or the devaluation of your currency because more is constantly being put into circulation. This is why when I was a child, what used to cost me $1 to go buy now costs me $2. Right. Um, and because, and because gold and silver preserve that value so well, um, you know, you are protected to an extent from that inflation. So we produce this digital money and uh, people can use it like regular gold and silver if they want to speculate on it. Because we know, of course, that silver and gold are very speculative for some people as well. Um, uh, so you can treat it that way, but you can also use it to to spend on food or uh, on, you know, your Netflix subscription or whatever it may be that you want to spend, it is effectively money again. Um, so that's one side of what load produces, right? Um, then we have, um, then we have our whole payments platform. 
And so this is one of the areas that's about to become one of the most competitive spaces in the blockchain arena, because most people right now are buying into cryptocurrencies because uh, they want to they want to ride the wave. They want to generate some wealth. And that's that's great. But Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies were initially created to be payment tools, payment vehicles, mediums of exchange. Uh, and and there is a great argument to say that they are better than uh, government backed money because they are not controlled by any single one entity, right? They are uh, distributed. They operate autonomously. No more Bitcoin can ever be minted ever, right? And so there is this level yeah. of comfort and security with Bitcoin that you can't get from that you can't get from uh, traditional government currencies, right? Uh, so w- once we reach the peak of adoption, right? Once, once uh, we, most people in the world have a little bit of cryptocurrencies, it is very likely that businesses and, uh, you know, entrepreneurs will want to accept payment with these cryptocurrencies because that's the way they were designed for. Uh, and so this is why you're now seeing visas and PayPal and, you know, MasterCard and uh, Venmo and all these sort of big uh, banks and networks uh, in in the Western world start to migrate over to this, and it's happening across the world as well. I mean, I live in the Western world, yeah. so so obviously my my uh, view is skewed to that to that arena. But we are a multinational company, active in 135 countries, and and we're speaking to businesses on the daily that are really eager to be able to accept this new kind of money, and so tools need to be built. People need a way to do this. And so we've been spending a lot of money on giving people an all-in-one solution. So yes, you can process regular old uh, cash, right? Uh, In your local currency, whether that's debit credit or physical cash, Um, you will be able to accept cryptocurrencies, right? So your Bitcoins, your Ethereums, your Ripples, whatever you want, your Dogecoins, whatever you want to be able to accept, you'll be able to accept that. And then in addition to that, at the end of the day, uh, at the end of the day, you will be able to settle um, to gold and silver if you'd like. So no longer having to depend on that, no longer having to depend on that uh, that government currency to retain its value and hope that it never inflates. You'll be able to instantly, uh, you'll be able to instantly um, settle to um, those fiat currencies through this payments technology. And it's a really exciting, it's a it's a really exciting opportunity because there isn't many solutions out there that are doing that for merchants and businesses right now everything is kind of focused on um getting people to buy cryptocurrencies through exchanges so this is in a nutshell what we're doing over at load and um as i mentioned before we're active in 135 countries but we're growing daily and aggressively and it's such an exciting time to be coming to the market with these uh with this opportunity uh, so back to you. Yeah. So what's the story behind the name Load? <laughs> That's a great question. It, it comes. It comes from the mining phrase, right? Are you familiar with the term the mother load? Um, no, no, no. Uh, a mother load is a is a, a vein of ore or mineral. So when you are mining, right, you might find little specks. You might find little specks of of the mineral you're looking for, right? That gold or silver. Um, a vein is when you find a huge a huge running body of, of the metal that you're looking for, right? So a mother load is a massive, massive vein that you find. So it's in the, in the Western world, it, it's, a, it's an English metaphor for, for saying you've hit the jackpot almost, <laughs> yeah. right? But, but yeah. it, it works because we, um, 
it is very much related to money mining. It is a mining term. Um, and we, and we largely produce digital gold and silver. So it's a, it was a fun play on words that led to, uh, the name load. <laughs> <laughs> very fascinating concept. And yes, I'll do check out the, uh, the Google more about that. One of the most interesting areas to me about these cryptocurrencies is that, is, is that, uh, right now, um, as I mentioned before, everything's about speculation. Uh, I shouldn't say everything. A big chunk of the market is focused on speculation. But um, the user experience is still really difficult for a lot of people. And in order for us to get to the point where the entire world is using this technology, it needs to be easy, right? Uh, it needs to be simple. It needs to be convenient to use. When your grandma goes to a grocery store or when your 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 parents, you know, go to their local uh, local deli or shop or or what have you, um, you know, they shouldn't be thinking about, you know, okay, a blockchain is a network of computers that are all working together to reach an agreement. Then it's, <laughs> you know, they, they shouldn't yeah. have to think about it. It should just work, right? Yeah. And um, and that's where Visa and these companies have a tr- have a leg up over cryptocurrency right now. And it's a big part of where my day is spent is figuring out how do I make this technology easy and simple for people to use. Um, and that, and that's going to be the next big challenge when, when, uh, the, the industry at large figures that out. I, I think, uh, within the next five to 10 years, we're going to see almost all money in the world move over to using a blockchain. Um, whether that is, a government-backed blockchain, or whether that's just using Bitcoin and all the currencies out there, that's going to depend on the country um, that you're that you're speaking about. But I, I do believe that the entire financial sector, everything from stocks, bonds, ETFs, cryptocurrencies, uh, cash, um, and, and banking, will all be conducted on blockchains in the near future. Yeah, absolutely. Because m- many uh, companies are moving towards it. Many big banks are also. Uh, you know, parting in, in this, uh, blockchain, you know, run. So- yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I'm glad you, you said that as well, because, um, if you follow, if you follow the money, right? If you look at what these, these banks are doing, if you look at what, uh, big investment hedge funds are doing, if you look at what, uh, pension funds are doing, and I realize this might be a little more sophisticated than some people are aware of, but if you, if you just do some simple research online, of what these big pools of money are doing, almost all of them are now moving into holding at least a little bit of Bitcoin, if nothing else. That's on the conservative side. Lots of them are aggressively investing in new technology projects that are using crypto or using blockchain. Um, And, uh, and, and so if you, if you, if you stand back and you look at that big picture, it becomes pretty clear, you know, that this is the way that the world is moving. But, uh, I'll, I'll say this, you know, there are other applications of blockchain technology that aren't just cryptocurrencies. Um, I think blockchain actually has a, a really incredible ability to uh, change a great number of, of things uh, in our society. Um, digital identity is one of them, for example. Um, and some people may like being anonymous, but there are lots of places in the world where people are unable to get bank accounts because they don't have any identification 
right? Yeah. Or they're yes. they're underbanked, or they um you know they don't have access to these tools because of this lack of ID. Um, and with a blockchain, because it is immutable, because it cannot be manipulated, um, you know, you we can create digital identities for people and help them uh, get access to. Uh, a universal identification that that you know cannot be destroyed that cannot be lost right um and that is a really powerful thing because now you can bring people into the digital economy of the future um and and you can give them the opportunity to to actually travel or leave borders and and explore the world and so there are lots of applications uh in identity for blockchain medical records is another great example of where a blockchain might be really valuable um, you'd be surprised at how poorly um, networks of medical networks tend to communicate with each other. Um, you know, the, the information is not as streamlined, not as straightforward as you might think. And through a blockchain, uh, you know, if you just provided a blockchain address that contained your, uh, your medical portfolio onto it, you know, doctors could add information into it uh, as, as you go and visit, as you go and develop throughout your life. And then every time you go to a doctor, they have this whole portfolio of your health, just ready and easily accessible. Right. And again, cannot be lost, cannot be destroyed, cannot be manipulated. So there yes, are a lot of secured. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, the third example, I think, and this is probably, uh, the most philosophical one, if you will, is, um, is voting. Um, the way that we engage with, uh, electing, uh, people right now, uh, has a lot of room for human error, right? Uh, you have to have people watching the ballot boxes. You have to make sure people aren't, you know, um, manipulating votes or putting extra votes in and so on. But because, uh, a blockchain, a, a blockchain is again, immutable and undestroyable, um, you can create a much more secure way of voting, um, where, where everybody gets one vote and one vote alone. And there's a guarantee that no one is, is, uh, is double dipping, so to speak. So these are just a couple ideas, concepts for you guys to explore. Um, but I wanted to paint a picture that this technology has applications of, of not just the financial sector, the financial sector is where everybody gets really excited. And that's where I get really <laughs> excited as well. But, but this technology is so, so big that I think it has a lot of power to, to change um, a lot of norms in our world. Yes. And including Lord, because it's a, it's a very, you know, stable and in terms of, uh, you know, uh, price uh, manipulation and all. So I think Lord project is what uh, you know we are looking forward to it because it's backed by not fiat currencies but backed by you know stable and uh, precious metals what we what we are using uh, since you know 300 400 years before exactly yeah i mean we're we're very we're very very excited to bring that out to the world because we think people people need this right um if you look at lots of places in the world uh you know Zimbabwe a few decades back, uh, their their money inflated and it became effectively worthless because there's yeah. nothing backing it. Venezuela, Argentina, these areas are all really struggling in the world. And even in you know the most developed economies on earth, there is concern and there is risk and there is this fluctuation and and money continues to lose its value and things continue to get more expensive. Um, so if you change the money 
you make the money better, then the people will thrive, right? At least that's what we that's what we, what we believe based on our research. Absolutely, you know, I I totally got your point about you know creating a simultaneously a different uh, economy based on you know virtual and backed by blockchain. Yeah, so you know we've spent four years uh, working on this project now. And it's, uh, it's not easy. Um, I'm sure some of you uh, listening out there may already be aware. Gold and silver is uh, a very regulated market in most, in most jurisdictions in the world. And, um, and it's complicated and sticky in a lot of areas. And, and we said, wow, this is really complicated. We should merge this with blockchain, which is also really complicated. <laughs> so we've taken two of the most complicated, uh, messy regulation, regulative environments in the world and put them together. But we've done it in a way where we work with uh, governments and we work with regulators because we want them to understand that they don't need to be afraid of this stuff, that this is actually beneficial to everybody involved and in, in the government included, right? Um, and so because of that, I think we've had a great deal of excess, uh, success going into other regions of the world. I, I think because of all of this work that we've done, you know, it's going to keep us safe from, um, you know, potentially getting sued, you know, uh, for you media consumers out there, news consumers out there. And it's like every other day, it seems like a, a regulation or a regulatory body is suing a cryptocurrency company saying you're a security or you're an, uh, a stock, essentially. And uh, we don't have to worry about that because we've spent so much time working with these regulators hand in hand. Yeah, it, it it would be very complicated to, you know, understand them and to convince them about, you know, your offerings. That being said, uh, our technology is out there live today in, uh, in Apple app stores and in uh, Android. Um, and we're about to launch our desktop wallet as well. So if you're interested in trying out this technology, it's really, really easy to get access to it. All you need to do is head over to loadpay.com, L-O-D-E. P-A-Y.com and you can download this mobile wallet within seconds and and start building a portfolio of digital assets for yourself if you don't already have one. Um, if you are really uncomfortable or you want to learn a little bit more and you want to talk to real people before you make any sort of buying or investment, uh, you can head over to load.one, L-O-D-E dot one, that's our investor website. And you can talk to a real human being. You can go into our social channel. There's a good group of us. We're all very, very friendly. Or you can head on to our chat support and you'll have an ambassador, a real human being who's, who's there to talk with you and, and help you get comfort around what we're doing. Because I do believe that this is the biggest wealth generation event of our lifetimes. I think that this cryptocurrency and this um, type of money is creating more opportunity people than ever before uh, that we've seen on this planet. And I want as many people all over the world to get involved in this and to, and to take advantage of it. Right. So, um, you know, come say hi, we're yeah, friendly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell, tell our audience that what they could expect in, you know, near future from Lord projects and Lord pays roadmap for 2021 yeah. yeah for sure so uh you know we've built the backbone of the system and now it's time to get loud about it so that's why i'm coming on shows like yours and, and chatting with great people like yourself um this is why we're listing on exchanges this year 
Um, we have three uh, in in the pipeline here and, and more to come uh, all over the world. Um, and it's really about getting more merchants and more businesses using this this payments technology so that they can start taking advantage of all the benefits that cryptocurrencies and stable money have to offer them. And it's really as simple as that. I almost sound, uh, you know, wish it was a little more complicated, but, um, <laughs> but we've spent so long being quiet and, and building up to this that now it's about going out to the world and, and sharing what we've done with everybody. Yes, absolutely. So any, any plans to explore in, you know, emerging markets and, and other regions? Oh, my goodness. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we're really, really excited to, to go into developing nations and into emerging markets. And, you know, in Africa, uh, India would be incredible. Um, you know, just to name a couple off the top of my head. Um, what we try to do in each region is to uh, is to talk to experts and people who are experts in the localization and the and the you know the the culture of each region of the world that we go into and each country that we go into because um, you know you only get one chance at a first impression and if you do it wrong then you kind of it's kind of uh hard to go come back from that right so yeah. we 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 go in and when we say hey we want to go into africa or hey we want to go into india what we do is we look for people who are legal experts people who are marketing and cultural experts and we come to these experts and we say hey how in your opinion how would you go about um approaching these regulators or approaching this market what's going to be most attractive and what what do these people really need how do we get this in the hands of these people? What's going to be the most compelling thing for these, for this group of people? Um, and that's how we approach every single market in the world. So yeah, you know, emerging markets are on the docket and I think uh, emerging economies are some of the best use cases for that because um, you're not as weighed down uh, as, as some regions of the world, like, um, uh, like let's say the United States, just for, for easy conversation, there is so, so, so much regulation, um, and, and so much, uh, complexity to, to the regulatory system there that going into it is so slow, so heavy, so long because they have this, this massive pool of, of, of difficult legislation to work through. Developing nations tend to be, um, uh, they tend to adopt new technology faster. And so, you know, it's my hope that as we go into these more regions of the world, that so long as the regulators in that region are open to working with cryptocurrencies, you know, for example, China was one for a long time that was not a fan of cryptocurrencies and just banned them as much as possible. So, hmm. you know, it, it does depend on the, the governments of the region being open to it. But so long as that is the case, you know, I think emerging economies are, are some of the ones that, can will benefit most from this type of money yeah but in, in turn they uh, you know they issued their own digital currency right yeah i think i think uh, most governments in the world will issue their own their own uh government-backed currency but it's difficult to keep it the cat in the bag to use a metaphor um um so so essentially once you give people access to cryptocurrencies because they don't require a middleman you and I could just trade Bitcoin back and forth and there's literally nothing nobody could do to stop us. If you had a Bitcoin wallet and I had a Bitcoin wallet, there's nothing they can do to stop that. Right. Um, you know, short of, short of taking down the entire internet. Um, 
And because of that, uh, once you allow really allow acceptance of cryptocurrencies into the world, it becomes difficult to to contain that again. I think that most governments will have their currencies that people will use either for trade and commerce if they want, or maybe to pay taxes or pay bills that are owed to the government or government agencies. Um, but I think in the future, most people will hold a basket of these currencies. Um, I think most people will probably hold uh, a little bit of Bitcoin, a little bit of Ethereum, probably a good chunk of gold and silver, right? They might they might have some real estate on the blockchain. And, and when they need to go pay uh, for something or pay for a service or a good, they may change a little bit of that into into cash as they need to um which is kind of different than how we do it right now right a great insightful episode and thanks nick as our listeners would be very excited to be part of this revolution mention where they can find more info or get connected with lord.one and with you yeah absolutely uh so i'm i'm very friendly come say hi to me on twitter it's just my name at nicholas prouten that's n-i-c-h-o-l-a-s-p-r-o-u-t-e-n i'm always happy to talk with people who are interested about the space uh, if you're interested in load, uh, as I said earlier, you can go to loadpay.com if you just want to download the wallet and start buying uh, gold and silver and crypto today. Or alternatively, you could you can uh, go to load.one uh, and and read all the really important investment materials. You can read about the business, how we work, who's involved, all that kind of nitty gritty stuff. If you if that's the kind of person you are, you can visit that at lode.one. As I mentioned before, we have our social media media channels uh, available on these websites, and uh, our Telegram group is, uh, you know, a great community that is eager and excited to bring new people in and talk about all the great stuff that we're doing. So come say hi to us. Yes, I saw you know, Lord community is very loud and very, you know, creating awareness in social media about this project. Be a part of that. Thanks, Nick, for joining in and hope to hear more about Lord in the future and all the best for it. Oh, thank you so much again for having me. So that was Nicholas Proton from Lord.one and he shared a great project with us and I have mentioned every links in show notes so will be handy to you. I hope you enjoyed this episode as I enjoyed recording this. Thank you listeners for tuning in this episode and I'll say goodbye to you. For now, if you like this episode, do rate us on Podchaser and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are tuning this now. So until next time.